Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master of D&D Raw. And before we begin, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy D&D Raw, we would love it if you would support us on Patreon to hear new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. By contributing as little as $1 per month, patrons enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. Our higher level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode, and even to join our monthly patron game. We wanted to thank all of our Adventure Tier and Above patrons for their support this month. So thank you Jeremy Kleinhans, a Linux fan, and Dark Queasy, and a very special thanks to our producer tier patron, Roy, for serving as a producer on this episode. To find out more about how you can join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. If you're not able to support DND Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, on to episode 8 of Serviceable Plots. Yes, this is normal. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliff, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, the party began attempting to understand the prophecy that they heard from the divination professor of Arborshade Academy. Uncertain of what to do next, Akiva and Valen toured Amaran and acquired several items of interest. Meanwhile, the group spoke of their next plans and Scriv returned to the academy to reacquire the amulet that he had given Horjin to study, since he and Belinda were not sure if the item was safe here. Finally, as the party was keeping watch, Akiva heard a familiar voice call out to him during the night, warning him. We pick up with the party, as his patron says, Something's coming. Be prepared. Great. 100%. It's the voice, isn't it? I recognize the voice, don't I? It's weak, but you do recognize it. Excellent. 100%. So, you all then wake up in the morning. You intended to wake up, like, right before dawn, I believe. Yeah, we wanted to get on the road early. Getting all your stuff together, which I assume most of your stuff is already set to go, so you can just kind of grab it. Yep. Yeah, I'll check out with Scriv. Okay. Did you get it back? I did. Any news? He'll be in contact with me. He'll be expecting an update once we hit the elves. <sighs> okay. It's going to be a long journey. We could talk about that after we make sure that Zolus is secure. Again, this is a side hustle. I agree. Let's get going. Was I was able to secure ingredients and foodstuffs from either Cora's chef friend or... Yeah, I'm assuming we could like... Ask Cora to help kind of get yeah. stuff together for, for a price. Cora starts to get things together and works with Jasmal, and she's able to gather amongst all of you about five additional days worth of food apiece. So between the pool cart that you wanted to carry all this stuff in, plus ingredients for food for all of you for five days, she is asking for 15 gold. I'll pay five. Okay. Like, I'll give you like five gold. Also, uh, after, because I was last shift, right? Yes. I'm kind of, I'll exit Zolos' room really quickly and just kind of pull everybody aside. So I got a whisper last night from you know who. Well, we don't know who. He whose name we don't know. Right. He said something's coming and to be prepared. Mm-hmm. That lines up with uh, 
what we learned, is it possible that he already knew about this or that we have informed him by showing you? <laughs> Not sure. I'm keeping every option open. <laughs> I know I don't read people the best, but I am very wary of this guy. Well, he's been distinctly sinister, so. Sinister-esque. I also don't, because you, you saw it. I saw it. It was sinister. And I will say that's actually how a lot of my people talk. I didn't say evil, I said sinister. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure. I hope he's not, but I am keeping the open mind that he is. Well, he's certainly not being helpful. Oh, well, warning us, but we'll see. Yeah, like I said, we'll see. And I'm not I'm not one hundred I'm not trusting <laughs> with this. And that goes a long way with me, because I try to trust most people. Trust first. But yeah, I'll and then I'll go back and return and just make sure Dulles is okay in like the two seconds I've been gone. <laughs> like he would have Maybe just finish getting dressed and then follow you out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured something like that. He has to make his own preparations to leave. Yeah. So. so all in favor of just deciding on a name. <laughs> For the guy? For, For the, the guy. I would say, well, I was thinking about, you know, darkness, but in celestial, because it'd be fancy, but that's actually tenebrous. <laughs> would be a little confusing, a little misleading. <laughs> so perhaps shadow, which is umbra. Umbra. Sure. Sure. We will henceforth refer to him as Umbra. Awesome. Now we can at least... No one wants to talk about a mysterious figure that can't be named. He whose name we don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, that's way too cumbersome. <laughs> he who must not be named. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's better than calling him Mr. Black. Mr. Black. Mr. Black. The man in black. I thought about something that flippant, but I worried it might be... Well, you know what? It might actually set Akiva at ease. We could just call him Mr. Black. <laughs> or do you like Umbra? I kind of like Umbra because we could also use it if in terms of, well, I'm only thinking of we could also use it if like we're not in like close company. I can just, if I ever get a message from him, I can just be just like say Umbra. Umbra. And then you guys know something's up. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. Umbra is the party safe word. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. Pineapple. Oh, no. Anyway, <laughs> uh-huh. so you guys are heading out of the city early in the morning. The sky's just starting to get light. As you are heading out, you notice Olga is actually with the guards this time as you are walking up. And they're like, I assumed you would have probably had left yesterday, but I take it you laid low for a minute. We had some business to wrap up and we wanted to make sure we were prepared. So we had a quiet day here in Amaran and we are... Leaving as good as our word. All right. If you don't mind, I'll walk with you. Sure. It would be most agreeable. Nods and begins to walk you with two other guards with her towards the gate. And she goes, Northern Road or Southern Road? DM question. Which road is going to lead us through a better succession of smaller towns yeah. so we can avoid I, the main road? I believe we picked the Northern Road. You had initially picked the Northern Road because there are more smaller, like, there's a few farms on the outskirts. There's a large forested area that you pass through. This is the way you came to Amaran. Yeah. Great. No, so that's that's perfect. I'll already maybe have a rapport with some of these people. Mm-hmm. Hope everyone's comfortable sleeping in hay. <laughs> oh boy, I'm totally not a city slicker. <laughs> oh. Everyone else here, fine. Fine, right. blood is like... And Akiva's like, everything is the best. <laughs> yeah. Scrub and Valen are just like, yeah, whatever straw's amazing. It's not stone. Yeah, not that blood is that willing, but she'd be like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Sleeping in a bed is nice, but I mean, sometimes you don't have a bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine sleeping on the road for time. It's just that the food kind of sucks. 
Well, apparently a Phelan is a pretty decent chef. I'm going to miss the fried fish. So as we're going. (laughs) So as you're going, she does escort you to the gate. Is there anything you would like to talk about on your way there before you guys leave Amaran? I'm going to ask her, could you perhaps stay in contact with us if anything like this should occur again? I know you can send me any sort of correspondence in Orenthal. Very well. Where should I address it to specifically? You could address it to my mother, Rose Walsingham. There is a briefest second of a pause in her step. Ah, I wasn't sure. Yep, the family name's somewhat recognized, thanks to her, but uh, you should be able to always get communication to me through her if need be. And in exchange, I will let you know once we have uh, arrived with Zolus, just because I I think you would find some reassurance in that. That I would. That's appreciated. Thank you. So, question is Zolus's crew just staying there? No, they like they left. Right? So when you guys went to the docks to look, you didn't see their ship. Yeah, they left. Oh. It was our understanding. They were just dropping him. Okay. All right. So you guys heading out of Amaran then? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So as you guys head out of the city, the large stone walls disappear out of your view behind you over the rolling hills. It's a nice day out. Clear skies, a little bit of a cool breeze. And you proceed along the path. You pass by a few merchant carts on the route. But for the most part, your first day is pretty uneventful. I did have a point of discussion for along the road that would make sense earlier in our journey. Absolutely. So I don't know if you guys caught this, but Scriv is from Veripol, which is outside of Orenthal. It wouldn't be too far out of our way to stop by. Uh, sure. Would Veripol happen to be in the northern outskirts, Tony? Basically, as you are traveling, you would pass by Aspenbrook first, and it is maybe half a day's detour from Orenthal. You'd be traveling like more southwest before returning west, after leaving Aspenbrook. Uh, you know what? A serpentine pattern might be good. Again, it takes slightly longer, but we're trying to keep people off our trail. Yes, I think that would probably be a good place if we needed any sort of support or refreshments of any kind and i don't know that we're going to have like a home visit with scrib's family but i'm sure he would appreciate or i don't want to speak for scrib would that be something you would like i need to give an update with regard to the task that i was given i'm interested in me and your parents so (laughs) i believe that paladin whitecliff would be happy to welcome guests into his home (laughs) paladin whitecliff do you mean your mom or dad Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you refer to them as Paladin Whitecliff? <laughs> yes. This is normal. So briefly, just because Belinda brought up her mother's name, Valen, do me a favor and roll a uh, history check for me. 18. Yeah. You have heard of Rose Walsingham, but you've usually heard it as General Rose Walsingham. Oh, boy. Huh, neat. So both of y'all militaristic, great. I mean, that doesn't mean I was militaristic. No, I just mean your families. Yes, military family. All right, so that first day as you guys are traveling out, anything else you guys want to do along the way? Train. Yeah, I was going to say. So you're doing some training when you rest? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I want to be working with Scriv on his stance. There's footing involved. That's where I'm at with him. Okay. You notice Zolus is watching you guys with interest as you spar, but he just goes about his business. So, uh, Akiva. Yes? You have not been to Orenthal. No. Would it be helpful to have sort of an Orenthal primer? Uh, sure. Like, sort of expectations, ways of interacting with people, taboos. Okay. Since I'm from there, you know, maybe I could help prepare you just help navigate those sort of situations yeah 
maybe a little bit about the history of the city. Okay. The magic sewers. So, quick question, Magic Akiva. sewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Amran, you had mask on anytime you were outdoors. Yeah. On the road, do you have mask on at all times? Please tell me it's the mask that just looks like his face. <laughs> the answer's probably no, because we're... No, because we, we determined that the, and... the reason we have good cloaks with hoods and whatnot is just, you know, you can flip it up when you need, and you don't mm-hmm. need to be uncomfortable. Just mm-hmm. checking. Cool. Anyways, please continue. So, I don't know how much, Tony, you want me to go into, like, what Belinda's going to share with Akiva, but more just, like... Don't go up and just talk to people. Don't make too much eye contact. Definitely don't bring out Lazarus. This does not seem like a fun place if I have to tiptoe around like this. Everybody tiptoes around. It's Orenthal. If you've wondered at all why we've circumvented it in all of our travels, it's not the best that these people have to offer. This would make sense, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fascinating things. Yeah, a lot of fascinating people. Uh, There's opportunity. This is the seat of power. Okay. But it's also a, a dangerous place. There's hmm. more to gain for learning about the people of this plane by going around among the homesteads and the small towns and even the moderately sized towns such as Amaran. It's a working town. Mm-hmm. Politics rules Orenthal. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's right, about government. told me about this. It's about nobility. It's about societal hierarchies. Yeah, none of that ever makes sense to me. All right. So there's levels of people. There's people okay. way up here, and okay. then there's us, and we're way down here. Why? This is the fun part is asking why. Yeah, a uh, short version. They have power and money and influence, and we are no one. But that makes them more important than us? Yes. Yes. That doesn't even make sense, though. <laughs> I, I just quickly nudge Scribbenzolas. How much are we putting down? How long before he asks why they have power if he can just kill them? It's the logical question. No contest. That's when I'm going to start pulling out the cataclysm pieces. I mean, okay. Sure, they have power, but that doesn't necessarily make them a better person than the rest of us, especially when we all are going to die eventually anyways. No, it doesn't make them better people. It makes them more powerful people. It makes them people you don't want against you. So think of it as a game. It's like a game of cataclysm, right? Like okay. Scrib's been teaching you. I, I've already been setting out the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just freezes when he hears the word cataclysm, like me putting a piece down. No, no, he was preparing for this. I, I saw this coming a mile away. <laughs> just, yep, here you go. Here Here's the comparison between your footman piece and your Gerdus or your, or your Thoven. Notice pieces are taken and pieces are sacrificed. That is how it works at Orenthal. And then you have pieces that move other pieces. But I thought mostly when when we when we play Cataclysm, the pieces die because they're not well equipped for certain roles. So then it's all about trying to equip them with certain roles. And then when they die, it's just their time, and it's just because they need to. Don't think about the pieces. Think about the person moving the pieces. Orenthal is people moving pieces. You're not a person moving them. You're a piece. I disagree. I think it's all about positioning. It doesn't matter who that person is, so much as. Who they can move from where they are. Yes. Yes. I'm saying you're not playing the game. game. You're in the game. (laughs) But the game's supposed to be fun. No. It is fun to the people in power. Yes. For us, it is not fun. How can you play a game that's not fun for some people, but some fun for others? That doesn't even. That that's almost the exact opposite of what a game's supposed to be. It's supposed to bring fun to everybody. I know, Scrib, you disagree, but I've spent a good part of my life at Orenthal. It's just that every town council winds up being the same, no matter what town we go to. And then you just have to have proper positioning when it comes to interacting with them. So he's like a clan leader! Not 
incorrect. <laughs> Why didn't you say that in the first place? I had a clan leader when I no, was No, not, like, not at all like a clan leader. No, think of it as a whole bunch of clans together, all with their own leaders who are not necessarily a cooperation, except for insofar as they are trying to sustain their status as clan leaders. What? It's king of the hill. Yes, there you go. You want to stay on top. Okay. Some people are meaner about it than others. Orenthal is filled with those there people. Are good people in Orenthal too, but these structures have their purposes. They keep the kingdom running. Not a perfect system. These things. What? What did you call them? Agendas? They don't make any sense to me. Do you not have an agenda ever, Akiva? Mm, no. You do. Your agenda is to see the plane, meet new people. I mean, that's more of like a plan or like a a, a wish. Same meaning, different word. Mm-hmm. I thought an agenda was something evil. No, these aren't necessarily evil. They could be. You have an agenda of joy. Okay. This is more about power. All comes up to this power thing. Yes, that is exactly what it all comes to. So, the reminder is, people have power, we do not. We just want to get what we're doing done. We do not want to make trouble as much as we can. Okay. It's just, I don't agree with it, because at the end of the day, we're all gonna die. So why aren't we just equals? Akiva, people care what they do in this life, and I'm sure Nezalem has taught your people this, but a lot of people try to cheat death. Yeah, and then they turn to filthy undead. People with power. One way or another, they try to get what they want. That's not necessarily what you want. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm making sure that when we're done with Orenthal, <laughs> you don't ever want to go back to Orenthal. That's my agenda. Oh, that's so sad. I love Orenthal. How widely have you traveled outside of Orenthal, Belinda? Only to major cities. Okay. And a a couple times to Veripol. There's a lot out there. Yeah, I mostly traveled for work, but I do look forward to visiting Veripol. Well, at the very least, you guys have told me it's a really big city, and I'm interested in seeing that. Hmm. Yep, it's the greatest city there is. You know, Amaran. Yes. That's a a district, basically. Oh, I'm excited. Mm, Big city. (laughs) Lots of people. There's going to be an unimaginable number of people. I've never seen that many people, so I'm interested. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, another reason to stop by Veriful, kind of reset, prepare for the next phase. Yeah. That'll be good, ultimately. So, it's going to be two days before you arrive at uh, the more forested area of the Whispering Woods, and then a few days after that before you arrive at the tiny, tiny town of Farrowvale. Next couple days, there's actually a a light rain throughout most of the day, but it's still pretty nice out overall. Rain only lasts like a couple of hours. During this whole thing, can I be trying to train Lazarus to play the flute or the lute? Uh, The the tiny lute. (laughs) The tiny lute. Sure. Do you know how to play the tiny lute? Nope. I help. (laughs) (laughs) Lazarus is basically plucking strings. Like, that's that's it. Okay, I'm imagining Scriv at one point sees what's happening. He's like, let me offer some assistance here. I read a, I read a book about music theory once. <laughs> yes. When when next you see us, you see that I've constructed a makeshift lute, not entirely in tune, but mostly as an instructional tool. Of course. <laughs> During the next time you guys spar in the morning, Zolus actually tries to teach you Scriv how to strike quicker and faster. Okay. All right. So we got someone working on your speed. We got someone working on your footing. On the Third day out, you guys do arrive at the edge of the Whispering Woods, and on your fourth day, as you are traveling through, coming across a small bridge that goes over a a river that flows through. Oh, Tony, one more thing. I'm putting a psionic sensor on the amulet every day. Okay. Just in case. Sounds good. Valen and Belinda, as you're traveling through, you hear some voices just a little bit off the path 
as you're traveling through the woods. They sound aggressive in nature. Aggressive as in they are presently doing something aggressive or simply hostile? Like they're sh- like they're arguing? You catch the words, what do we do with them? Oh. <sighs> do we want to talk our way through this one and deal with the fallout if something else happens? Zolas. Yes. There are some men in the woods over there that seem to be debating what they're going to do with somebody. They don't sound particularly friendly, and you have places to be. Do we have your leave to stop for a moment to try and potentially save someone's skin? By all means, let's do it. Great. All right. He just casually places a hand on his rapier. Wonderful. So, all in favor of me going ahead, seeing if I can't defuse the situation while you all scatter around and come in if necessary. You want me to come with you and try and kill him with kindness? I uh, thought say, I think I might be able to help with the talking part. <laughs> then, absolutely, you come in, we'll present a nice juicy target if the others need to flank. Yeah. I would suggest, since they're already upset, Akiva, that we don't try to kill them with kindness, and that if any killing needs to be done, you actually use the sword. Okay. Hopefully, we don't get to that. Bad guys, got it. Yes. We are... Not taking chances right now. We have too many things to do, and we cannot risk Zolas. So, just let's get into it if we have to, all right? Sounds like a plan. Okay. I'll perch myself on a nearby tree. I'll kind of circle around, but stay <laughs> close just to Zolas. already fading into the woods. Yes. Yeah. As he does. He gets it. Yeah, good scribbing. We're all, like, teaching him things, like he doesn't know how to fight, but it's like, no, you do. We're just making you better. Oh, yeah, Blood has no interest. She's like, Scrib knows what he's doing. <laughs> He's got this. He's a professional. Yeah. Good. You're, you're good. We're just yeah. going to make you better. All right. So, Belinda and Valen, yep. power duo, walking straight into a group of angry dudes. Let's go. All right. Off to the side to where, obviously, we're, it'd be hard to hear us and see us. I'm going to stay close to Zolas, but I can cast Silent Image, right? And a 15-foot cube is the size. Yes. Can I just make a bush? <laughs> On top of us? Yeah. yeah. That way we just look I, like a bush. I love Silent Image for- Yeah. <laughs> I don't have nice. I don't have stealth, but all right. Tony, I'm going to put my psychic focus on precognition. No problem. So as you guys are walking over, just off the path around a small copse of trees, you see ten figures. Oh, Ooh. okay. Four of them seem to have crossbows, all pointed towards another figure. The other five seem to be kind of in a half moon circle around what is a humanoid figure with yellowish skin, long pointed ears, and a thin beard that runs straight off of his chin. Do we not know what this is, Tony? You can roll an arcana check real quick, if you would like. I will. I would like. Because we can all see this, right? We're just out of sight, some of us. I assume you and Scriv kind of like moved a little bit, but then like, woof, yeah. push. Yeah. Well, Scriv is going separate. Yes. Scri- Scriv is yeah. separate. I'm yeah. Zolas. Yeah. Right. That's a very strong four. Uh, Kiva? Uh, very strong seven. Belinda? Thirteen. Scrib. 13. Hey! Okay. The two of you have read about this at some point, but this is a Githzerai. Oh, snap! (laughs) Who is kind of in a defensive stance. So hold on. So he's there, and then there's four with crossbows and five surrounding him in a half moon? Yep. And what, are they brandishing anything, or? The one that are surrounding him all have uh, scimitars in hand. Cool. As you begin to approach... Not stealthy for for Valen and I. We're just walking up. You see one of the figures that is uh, partially surrounding him is a little better armored than the rest. He looks like an older male half-elf. And as you're coming up, he turns and you notice a red sash tied around all of their arms as they come up. 
The main guy has uh, curled auburn hair, very dark eyes, pretty short overall. He's actually a little under five feet. As he turns and, hey, what do you want? And immediately as the, the four with the crossbow turn towards you two as you're coming up, and as they all kind of look at you and then a couple of them divert their attention between you guys and the Githzerai, one of them, you just recognize Valen. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew Boss, it. He, he's the guy. That's the guy. Wait, what? I knew it. Oh. He's like, oh, so you were the one that tricked my men. Is that it? You're the one that hired men stupid enough to get fooled in that simple runaround like that. Seriously, this is your operation? I hope it's all of you. I, he looks at the rest of his men. If you have more, you can, you can bring them. I'll wait. But. I don't, why would I do anything that you say? Well, let me counter your question with one of my own. How attached to your kneecaps are you? Just his or everyone's, Valen? Just want to be clear on that. Oh, uh, most of his men, I'd, I'd, I'd go for their elbows, really. I don't want to cripple them for life. Yeah. yeah. They're just tools of the man in charge. The man in charge deserves to be crippled for life if he is really running an entire operation of bandits, and I want to make sure that he never comes after me again, so I ask, your kneecaps, how attached to them are you? Are you threatening me? Are you seriously threatening? You're outnumbered. So think about that for a moment. You have count it's ten people, four of them with crossbows, several with scimitars, and I am standing here, unarmed, with a companion, also unarmed. No need to be armed. Threatening the ten of you. I would like to help by rustling in the bushes and moving and rustling some more. Yeah, one of the, the crosswomen turns and fires towards the bush, but misses you. And just uh, uh, and he starts to like start to reload the crossbow. The other three are just focused on you, and they're diverting their attention. So, question, Tony: yes. Is this guy? He's just a guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is a half he elf. He is mortal. He bleeds, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to ask him a question. Yes, in his mind. <laughs> no, no, I'll ask it out loud. Are you intending to harm this creature? But as a forceful query. Ooh, okay. Why don't you explain what that does? So I ask him a yes or no question. He must be able to see and hear me, and he needs to make a wisdom saving throw or reply with a truthful answer. Yes. <laughs> well. Uh, and he kind of looks like, um, I mean, you know that planar creatures tend to be of interest to the Staff Federation. We're just going <laughs> to turn him in. Do people fall for any of you? Or is it just the fear of the swords? Other people just don't have a lot of resources at their disposal, and I guess they're desperate. It's the only explanation. So I think we should make them an offer. What do you think, Phelan? I implied an offer. I asked him about his kneecaps and their joints. Yeah, they don't seem to be getting it, though. I think we need to be more forthright. There seems to be a bit of a disconnect here. This is very simple. I don't have time to kill all of you. I don't necessarily want to kill all of you. I have places to be. So we can end this peaceably. You can leave, and I will not destroy your livelihoods for the future going forward. You can attempt to harm us, and I will destroy major joints across you and all of your men, and it will be very difficult for all of us to hear and see, because there's ten of you and it will take a moment, and then again, we will go on our way. Or, and I don't want it to ever come to this one, if it gets very bad, I will start killing you. And that, mm, I, I hate that. Well, I is it killing them? In... Yeah, I mean, maybe killing's yeah. not even the best way. Maybe we just 
leave them horribly injured. I mean, that would oh, save time. Oh, no, no, time. That, was the, that was the middle yeah. option. Because oh, that, that's, but if know. they attack, I can't have them coming after me a third time. That That's just the rules I go by. You've had a chance to end things peaceably. I'm giving the rest of you a chance. But if we get to this, there's going to be injuries. They're going to be lasting. Yeah, look, you could tell, Vela, this poor man is suffering. It looks like maybe this is almost giving him a headache. I would hate for that to happen. So, Tony, I'm going to do my thing, my mind thrust, though that sounds horrible. Meanwhile, while um, I'm rolling that, Valen, can you roll an intimidation yeah. check with advantage for me? Because <laughs> I help. <laughs> so let me know, Tony. Roll your damage. Yeah. Five points of psychic damage. He's got a headache that I mysteriously foretold. 22. All right. As you're talking, you see he just uh, grips his head and oh, just... Oh, that's a shame. You were right, headache. Yeah. He's, he's got choices and he doesn't... Yeah, and I would hate for that headache to get worse just from all this stress and not just, you know, making the simple for all of us. You know, uh, uh, I do think it's fair. Men, you can make your choices individually. He doesn't speak for all of you. That's a fair Frankly, point. Frankly, he's not that big a deal. You can walk away. They all start to look at him. Uh, the guy who initially just... Uh, boss? He stares at you. Stares back at the Githzerai, who, uh, now that you're a little closer and got a better look, looks already pretty injured. Yeah, we'll go again, Tony, on the mind thrust. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Roll your damage. Seven points of psychic damage. <laughs> this poor dude. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on at all. He's like, no. <laughs> these migraines. <laughs> Maybe I'm just psychic and I just know what's going to happen. Meanwhile, sorry, Scrivener Kiva are hiding in bushes real or it's okay or created <laughs> i just want to make sure to note i do have my mask off because that might come into play later <laughs> oh. in terms of like intimidation whenever mm. i come out uh, uh, my head. Oh, it's getting worse wow it seems like you're really struggling with the decision i don't think he's used to thinking mm. yeah it does really tax the brain you notice all crossbow men's uh their their crossbows are shaking by the way uh, 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 this, come on <laughs> this is creeping me out and the men lower their crossbows you see like several of them breathe a little bit like relief <laughs> as they're still staring up at Valen a bit oh. now it's the right call I would also recommend some kind of vocational training there's constant ships going out of Amaran that you can make an honest living on because Valen Valen I, th- I think the man's had a hard enough day I think he can figure it out Th- they'll talk amongst the group right I, I yeah d- you're she, she's right she's right she's yeah Valen huh Oh, yeah. Oh, did I not introduce myself? No, I no, I don't think we got to that point. My name is Valen Blackwater. Mm-hmm. I travel all around these parts. You, If you haven't heard of me, you'll probably hear the name on someone's lips eventually, because I do travel these roads, which is important, because I've come across all of you now, multiple times, at the banditry, and you don't get a third chance. You know, I think you were right about vocational training. There are a lot of possible avenues out there for alternative professions. And their arms are all intact. They can still Mm. work. Yeah, and it should help with the headaches, too. Yeah. Labor cleanses the mind, the body, and the soul. Go in the light of Eshenai. Live. Eshenai? This is too much... Valen Blackwater. I don't believe I stuttered. No, you were very clear. All right. I'll remember that it was you who talked me out of these ways. Yeah, uh, we're going again, Tony, by the way. I don't. What's your He's, What's your DC? Fourteen. <laughs> I swear, if you knock him out after all your damage, I roll ten. I roll ten damage. <laughs> He's all sarcastic and then just drops. 
Jesus, how much? He, um, as he like, reco- ah! and you see some blood dripping from his nose. <sighs> Guys, let, let's get out of here. I don't, what is <sighs> He's looking a little rough. <laughs> and they start all just heading northward. Great. Blessings be upon you. All right. Well, I think we'll, we have a, a newfound friend here. Yeah, I'm going to immediately rush over to him, see how bad he is. He's wounded, you said? He's badly wounded. It looks like he took a bit of a beating. I'll drop the bu- uh, the, the bush disguise and make yeah. my way over. Sorry about that, Scriv. I know you were prepared. What are you talking about? I'm already next to Valen, helping him <laughs> apply medical attention. <laughs> like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how busted is he? He's like a 9. Ooh, I'm gonna, okay, great. I'm going to dump all my lay on hands pool into him. You see he's holding his arms up, but one is shaking badly as you get closer. And he's still holding him up kind of like he's not sure what... No, that's fine. He's got his hands up. I will go and I'll grab one hand with my left and calmly place my other hand on his uh, chest. And I will dump, let's say, ten points of healing into him. And just be at, be at peace. Be at peace. Initially, you see like he's about to like strike at you. But as soon as the healing goes in, and soft. Yeah. Thank you, my friends. Sorry, the first people you ran across today apparently were- Yeah, can guarantee you not everybody's like that. (laughs) I don't think that's his concern. Are you okay? Do you need anything further with healing or some other sort of attention? No, I will be fine. Uh, I appreciate the help. What's your name, stranger? Doc. Where are you going? Where are you from, if you don't mind me asking? I came from the Astral Sea. I came to warn whoever- We'll listen. What's going on? Oh, anyone else just getting a really, really bad sense that everything is coming to a head? Apparently and quickly, because literally everyone is warning us <laughs> in ominous ways. <sighs> What's the oh, warning? Oh boy, yes. Yeah. S- speak your warning, friend, and we may have people more important than us for you to tell. The... <sighs> I'm going to hit him with my healing hands. He still sounds hurt. It's another three. (laughs) He's starting to look a bit better. Demons are traveling the plains. They are not confined to the lower plains as before. My people can usually take time to travel to your world and your plane, but we could not. I had to go around by another means. Are you saying your usual planar travel is disrupted in some way? Yes. I am not certain as to how. Huh. When did this start? Well, we attempted it. Some time ago, but I simply just arrived on your plane maybe a day or so ago. Did you come to warn just whoever you could find? Yes. Your plane seems more difficult to get to. I am not sure why. Can you walk? Yes, I am fine now. Thank you. What about planes between the other planes, like between the Shadowfell or the Feywild? I have not tested the Shadowfell or the Feywild. My original home is Limbo. Yeah. But... I seem to have needed to travel to the Astral Sea in order to get to here and find a portal to here. It was very difficult. If I can pardon me if this is rude, but wh- why do you care about warning us? We are trying to warn everyone that could potentially defend themselves. My people are traveling the plains because chaos is erupting everywhere. Can I make any sort of arcana or history check because of my knowing of the Shadowfell and how travel works between the planes? To understand what could affect something like this. You can roll an Arcana check. Natural 20! What? <laughs> 21 is the total. Because it's plus one. Because <laughs> it's plus one, but still. Okay. The only thing that you know of that could possibly stop someone from entering a realm is a god. <laughs> that can literally stop people from entering a realm. And that usually means that the god themselves has to have attached themselves to that realm. Okay. 
So why the material plane, which has no specific god attached to it, would be closed off? No idea. Okay. I'll share that with the group. <sighs> well, that's domino number one. Aruxus is up to something. He guard- He's the one who guards the gates. I have no reason to believe that Archon himself is broken free, but the abyss itself is sealed off by Aruxus. But it sounds like it's not. It seems the blood war has expanded. So this has been going on long enough to have a name? The blood war is the eternal war between devils and demons. It exists in the Nine Hells. Law versus chaos. It's basically all there ever has been. <laughs> and now you're saying it's going to show up here. We believe it is showing up everywhere. From what our scouts have checked, demons are running amok across the plains, attempting to establish footholds. It matters not what plane they are on. You can only truly kill a demon in the abyss. I am now very interested in getting back home. Has there been no sign of heavy demonic activity here? I throw a glance over to Akiva. Not only ghouls, but that's undead. That's not demonic. No, but you did hear that something was coming. Yeah, that's true. Yes. It is possible your plane hasn't established a foothold yet. Somebody's definitely trying to get messages through. It's not just you and your people. We could take this positively. We could assume that our realm is difficult to get to, and we haven't noticed a widespread and noticeable uptick in demonic activity, because perhaps if things are expanding and the gods have receded to begin dealing with the threat, they have all chipped in and tried to insulate us from the worst of it. Can I silently kind of put out a message to Umbra? Can I just be like, do you know anything about what's going on with the Nine Hells or why they'd be invading? And just see if I get some sort of response. Roll straight charisma. Okay. 20. Okay. The Nine Hells are not invading. Archon is spreading his reach, it seems. Something is stirring in the abyss. Oh, no. I don't like the wording, because <laughs> if it was Archon, he would have said Archon is stirring. It's something else other than Archon. I will give both Belinda and Valen just a glance of, hmm. and just be like, Umbra. Belinda will give you education. You could just tell me telepathically. Umbra is saying the Nine Hells aren't invading, and that it seems Archon is spreading, and something in the Abyss is stirring. I think that means something other than Archon, from the way he worded it. Okay. So meanwhile, I look at, uh, uh, while they're communicating, I am looking at Doc. Can you come with us? We have people who need to hear what you're saying. I can, yes. Great. Everyone, let's start walking. Yeah. Doc, is there anything that we can provide to help you here? I don't know if that's food or equipment. No, I, I am all right. I simply wish to inform as much as we can. We are trying to spread the word out for our own homes have been attacked as well. I will caution you, this message won't be something that most people will be able to deal with. We're just people. We're hoping we can get this message from you. Who will be able to deal with this message? I know a guy. Yes, will you take me to him? Yes. Yes. Excellent. The further we can spread the message, the better. I do want to return home as quickly as I can and help my own people, but I do need to tell who I can. How are they doing? Because the Gith are very good warriors. Do you mean the Githyanki or my people? I mean both of you, from what I've heard, just in different terms. Not that we're lumping your people together by any means. We know you have completely opposing ideologies. I just meant both sides, the Githyanki and the Githyanki, are have been noted to be formidable. I do not know of the Githyanki. We have not kept, of course, in touch with what they are doing. We did have to use the realm they normally travel, 
in order to get here, though. It seems travel in the Astral Sea is the only way, so far as we can tell, to arrive upon your plane. I'm not incredibly familiar with planar travel. When you return, do you go alone, or can you take someone with you? Through a portal, if I can find one, I can return with people if you travel through the portal. Not that I'm volunteering. I don't think I'm equipped for that, but... You would not do well in my homeland. No uh, offense meant to any of you. It is a realm that we must struggle to maintain, which the struggle is getting more difficult now. In what sense do you mean, beyond the intrusion? We must divert our attention from the maintenance of our own homes and the coming demonic horde. So we need to bring you to someone who can get your message out, and then you need help finding a portal or a place for a portal? If it is all possible, yes. If It seems, so far as I can tell, that your plane is closed off from most other planes. If we can get to the Astral Sea, or any other plane for that matter, I may be able to return to my home much easier. All right. This is not what we had planned, but... It's exactly what we had planned. All roads lead to Orenthal, and they need to hear his message too. Besides, once we're there, somebody can get in touch with either the Academy or the Staff Federation, who are the most qualified people to find a portal. I think we'll stop by Veripol first. Yeah, that doesn't need to change. From the way Scrivener keeps talking him up, his father might be able to get in touch with some people we need to speak to as well. Well, I mean, if we're talking about demons and devils and this big, ageless war, then... Yeah, informing a paladin of knowledge might be a good plan. Not only that, but I'm expecting ascending from, you know, the Professor of Divination over at the Academy, so I can probably give this as part of the update. I think that sounds like a good plan. Doc, do you know anyone here on the Material Plane? I do not. No one? You weren't given any names of who to contact? No, simply warn the people of the plane. Interesting. All right, Valen patched him up. Yep. And just making our way. And you guys continue on the road. It is worth noting that I pull aside Zolus and Scriv and even Doc, who I noticed had a martial stance. Specifically Doc, I'll ask if he's willing to uh, spar with me when he's feeling better because I'm going to begin training up again with weapons and I'm going to be asking Doc if he is willing to spar with me because I'm years out of practice of where I need to be because... I've wondered for about 40 years why I was still wandering around what my purpose was, and I think that is all coming to a head very quickly. And I have been slacking for a while. Alright, so on the road, it uh, you guys eventually find a place to rest for that night and the following. Doc does agree to spar with you when he is feeling better. Good man. I'll, I'll, I'll ask him at some point. Is it true that Gith have some telepathic powers? It's something I heard. Yes, we tend to be able to speak telepathically and use our minds in order to manipulate things. That's really fascinating. I suppose it's normal amongst your people. It is a trait that we have expanded upon in our many years, yes. Do you know what the source of this ability is, where you draw power from? Well, ours was based off experimentation upon us millennia ago by an ancient, terrible enemy known as the Elithids. Fascinating. Where they originally got their powers, we are uncertain, but their manipulation of us and the other races that bent their knees in slavery to them was how we eventually got a small portion of their power, as Gith took it from them and trained the rest of us. So it's something you train in? Yes. We focus our energies now. Is it something you could teach? You wish to learn. It wouldn't hurt? I can show you what I can. I am not 
particularly adept, but I can teach you some things. When you have time. Also, I would encourage Doc that when we meet other people, do not tell them. As much as it's important to get the message out, they will panic. Very well. We want your people prepared, not in a state of panic. Absolutely. I understand. Or do your people not train in order to hone their minds and guard their emotions? No. Tragically underutilized skills. Not at all. From what they've told me, they train to just amass power. <laughs> that sounds like a Githyanki method. Oh man, we're training him up to be such a great anarchist. <laughs> well, it's complicated, but no, the normal people of this realm are not prepared for this sort of thing in any way, shape, or form. But we're taking you to the people who are. How common are the Gitzerai, by the way? Like, on the plane? Because I'm trying to determine whether or not I should They're be. not super common. Would I be familiar with them in concept? In concept, yes. Okay, then. Cool. I'm just really quiet, taking in a new form of life. Oh, I've never even heard of them. I'm just just doing my thing. I've got yeah. bigger fish to fry than someone who looks weird. I've read about them, but... Yes. So you continue walking, and the following night, as you're approaching the, the tiny, tiny town of Faravale, which is mainly just a lot of farmhouses and then a small inn and a small shrine to Vumera. Perfect. Approaching it for the evening as you're coming up, you notice uh, just kind of coming up, There's it's it's quiet, and you see at the entrance a woman that's just kind of standing there kind of on her staff. She's approaching the door, and she's kind of looking in and stepping inside as you initially walk up. I'm assuming you guys are going in to rest for the evening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And stock up again. Yeah. Yep, as... It's been mostly just little farmhouses, so you haven't been able to restock on anything. As you come in, Zolas kind of looks towards the Temple of Vumera and says, Before we turn in, I wouldn't mind stopping in there for a bit. I'll come with you if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. And he's going to start to proceed towards the shrine if you're going with him. The rest of you, as you kind of all walk in, no one is currently there, just the, the older woman that's kind of standing just inside and seems to be looking around a little bit. Oh, if we, if we were approaching town, I'd like to uh, say that I lent... Our, our buddy Doc here, my mask, so... Yeah, he'll wear it and kind of like keep his, his hood pulled and he'll stick around with mm -hmm. you. As you walk in, the older woman just, Ah, I didn't hear you there. Please, can someone help me approach the counter? I'm trying to get a room here for the night. Sure. So as you come up, as you look, Akiva, you see the old woman is blind with milky white eyes. And says, Ah, thank you, dear. And gets serious for a moment. Why are you on this plane, dear? And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Have a great day.